Yeah, thank you for tuning in. It's more than a podcast. Inexhaustible episodes, God's vast. Glorify Him as we broadcast the Lord's grace and God's wrath. More serious than a bomb blast. Full disclosure inside the title. No surprises, simply put, guys with Bibles. Yeah. Just some regular reborn reformed cats If it's in the Bible then they're gonna speak on that Cause the scripture is the final word okay. Competing ideas quite absurd Of this you can be quite assured <laughs> yeah. We were lost in the darkness of night immersed in sin But then the, the light, light emerged. emerged It was the Son of God, divine Christ that shines light The word in Genesis that assigned life in hindsight And was revealed through the prophets and apostles We magnify and expound on the power of the gospel Yeah, yeah Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Guys with Bibles, and I'm Scott. And I'm Lee. And we are bringing you a special episode and our new hit series, um, Youth Ministry, and why it is important. Um, So, Lee, this is episode one. Aren't you excited? Wow. It's been a long time since we've had an episode one of anything. Dude, we're finally breaking out of Ephesians after 32 episodes, but we're still in Ephesians. So yeah, uh, we're just doing a, another thing. Yeah, because always need more things. Yeah, we just need more stuff to pile on to this podcast, you know, and just keep slamming people with more content. Just not doing enough. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's the motto in here in America. We just slam it to you with as much as we can until you just eat it, you know. And that's what we're going to do. Or you quit and do something Or you, else. you quit and <laughs> you go somewhere else. So, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, so, episode one. This is our current situation. Um, um, why youth ministry um, is so important in today, um, in the church today. Um, and we feel that this is a main topic that every church, um, pastoral, elderly, um, deacon-wise, youth minister... Uh, assistant pastor, or just lay people, as in the congregation itself, need to pay attention to, and it is vital to the church's health um, in today's society. So this is a very important topic. Um, The guys and I, we all agreed that this is something that we all need to talk about. Um, When Sean was still on the podcast with us, uh, this was something that we all felt really drawn to, and I think it has really turned out into a great series, and we hope that you guys enjoy it as well. So, Lee, what is what is the first episode going to be about? What are we diving into today? Well, I think the goal is just to give an overview of, one, what youth ministry should look like according to Scripture, um, kind of in a similar way that we use scripture to determine how we worship, uh, how we should and should not worship. Uh, worship is by God's design. I think the same thing should be applied to um, ministry in the narrow sense. So in this case, speaking of youth ministry, following biblical uh, biblical teaching, biblical principles um, in approaching and applying uh, the scripture to how we do youth ministry. So I think our goal here is to use the scriptures to take some helpful advice from the past, 
uh, and and maybe talk a little bit and give some general critique of uh, what goes wrong on a whole in youth ministry as it's approached today. Right on, absolutely. And a couple sources that um, we have really pulled together and we have been just diving and eating up um, that have been really great sources. Uh, Ray Comfort and his uh, books. Um, Also by James Emery White, uh, Meet Generation Z. Also, You Lost Me by David Kinnaman. Um, Richard Richardson, uh, You Found Me. Uh, The Rise of the Nons by James Emery White. Another book, uh, it's called Unchristian by David Kinnaman and uh, Gabe Lyons. And there are other books that I have that I just don't have up here on my desk. But another book that was really strong, um, that has really influenced a lot of this, was uh, The Pastor in a Secular Age by Andrew Root and uh, Scott Keith, Being a Dad, um, just totally influenced me in diving into this topic of young adult ministry and where it has gone. Um, and, And Lee, so when you look, when someone says, all right, we need to focus on youth ministry, what What's the first thing that pops in your mind that is an instant red flag that many churches jump at immediately? Yeah, in my experience, it's it's been um, attractional programs. So it's like throwing a block party. It's uh, having an outing. You go into the movies and out to eat and then, you know, having a prayer before you eat or something like that. It, it's some... It's a holdover from the seeker-sensitive movement kind of in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, The same methods are being applied to youth ministry, even in sound churches sometimes. Uh, And so the big red flag to me is um, attractional um, ideas, attractional uh, methods. Uh, Because uh, in uh, Dr. James White has said this multiple times, what you win them with is what you win them to. So yes. if we if we start our program saying this is going to be a fun place and where we play games most of the time and have a, a five minute devotion and then you start to beef up the teaching or do less less game time or something and people drop off then you feel um, persecuted or uh, or or start blaming yourself but really what you've done is you've set up an expectation that this thing is going to be a certain way and that thing was not grounded in the gospel. And then if it fizzles, when you try to apply the gospel, that's because you did not, you didn't prime the pump when it came to the saving message of Christ. Right, right, exactly. You were preparing them for that. Exactly. So you pretty much gave them um, a false foundation of, hey, you're going to enjoy this. This is going to be really... uh, seeker positive you know we're going to be invigorating you getting you ready for to face the day um we're we're going to turn you guys into little little warriors of the church to go out and really fight the battle you know um but we we fail to prepare them you know what i mean now and and i i want to give a caveat to make sure that what i to round out what i said 
that doesn't mean that youth group shouldn't be fun. Of course, it should be fun. I mean, this these are kids we're talking about here, but the the main thrust of the thing should be um, presenting the gospel clearly uh, in everything you do. So whether it's you know uh, whether it is going on an outing, whether it is um, just your regular youth group meeting, whether that's you know on a Sunday night or midweek or whatever, um, the it's not necessarily about making it not fun, making it not something that kids would want to invite other kids to because it's just like a, a regular church service. Right. But it's about making sure that what's at the center of your of your youth program is it the gospel? Uh, are you seeking to clearly communicate the gospel in every aspect of what you do in your youth program? Or is it, we just want to get the biggest number of kids in here so we can tell the church that our youth group is growing by leaps and bounds, but they're coming for free stuff, or they're coming to do whatever, uh, and it doesn't have to do with Christ. Yes, absolutely. It's about what's at the heart of your program, and what you do, how you approach it, is supposed to come out of there. Right. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and a lot of churches have went to this worldly idea, if we can entice the world to come indoors, right, if we can entice them to come in, and they enjoy themselves in here, then they might stay, and, and there's this worldly idea that, hey, if we treat them to goodies and treats, all of a sudden, when we start getting into the meat and potatoes, you know, of, of the gospel and you are a sinner and you need a savior. All of a sudden, now we're losing and disconnecting, right? Because mm-hmm. all of a sudden, the, the atmosphere has changed, right? It went from a party-style atmosphere to a friendship, you know, where we are buddies hanging out having fun shooting pool to now all of a sudden now we're talking about deep discussion and we're getting into your personal life and and that's where a lot of the people they they flee they they bail out and a lot of a lot of people will go well those people were just not among us they were never of us yada yada blah 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 and and that that may be true but that's also an easy thing to say if you yes properly given them uh make made a presentation to them for them to actually deal with whether to run away or to embrace and be saved exactly and and unfortunately folks the the numbers they just don't lie um the protestant church in america today is is on a rapid decline um along with the catholic church in america today um, just in 2017, 81 churches in the state of Ohio that were Catholic have closed. Wow. A, many, many Protestant churches in Missouri over, they, they, the, the, the number was, where was, oh, poo, where was that Not at? Not the Lutherans though, right? <laughs> no, not the Lutherans. Absolutely the not. The Missouri Lutherans—they've—they've got to be—they've got to be exploding by leaps. Right, and um, <laughs> but guys in Mis- are everywhere in Missouri, in Minneapolis, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, were being closed due to dwindling attendance. 
Um, this was in 2018. In 2018, the Minneapolis Star Tribune reported that churches in Minnesota were being closed due to dwindling attendance. Mainline Protestant churches in Minnesota have seen the sharpest declines in their congregations. The Catholic Church has closed nearly 81 churches. I want to put some emphasis in that, where it says mainline Protestant. There's your key word. Yes, mainline Protestant. We we have two movements uh, within uh, the church. One is dwindling and one is growing. Uh, maybe not, you know, exponentially, but growing nonetheless. In the mainline churches, um, that's your your typical um, high church, for instance. So, like the Catholic Church, um, the liberal Episcopal and Methodist churches, um, the more liberal factions, uh, the more worldly, the ones that are quickly becoming gay affirming. Uh, those are the ones actually that are dwindling. Closing. And so and when they say they're, mainline... They're dying. Yeah, they're dying out. They're, and I think part of it is because the older members who hold more conservative theology, who haven't drifted with the um, the various denominations that haven't drifted with them to the left, they're not dying either. They're leaving. And, they're, and these are long-standing members of these mainline churches, but aren't hanging with them as they drift. Right. So they're they're closing even quicker than they would have because their older members are leaving. Exactly. Which is a really interesting phenomenon. Yeah. And over the last like 10 years or so, the Protestant churches across America have lost over 47% of their youth. 47% for, wow. that, that's nearly 50% of your, your youth congregation. We have nearly lost 47% of our youth. And this is between the ages of 18 to 22. So this is right as our youth graduate high school. They leave the house. They leave the home, which was to be their, their guidance, their, their main source of... Indoctrination of the gospel, right? They were to be grounded in the faith in order to go out into the world. Um, and as they leave, they go to college and they are easily persuaded and basically completely talked out of their faith, you know? Um, well, this is which a really is, dangerous time to be a young person, especially a young person in the church learning the faith, because there are so many avenues for the world to get in your head. Absolutely. Um, our, we our are a very programs, secular society, yes. Uh, all the shows that you watch, uh, streaming or live television or whatever, they're all coming from a more and more pointed worldview direction opposed to Christianity. Exactly. Um, at the same time, uh, on social media, people are broadcasting more of their thoughts than ever before, in a in a um, in a way that's easy to go back and read. So more and more personal opinions uh, that are opposed to faith in general, and especially opposed to Christianity, are more publicly available than they ever have been. So there's so much um, opposition that can be uh, ingested from the world. Um, so it makes it, I think it makes it even harder than it has been in the past um, to combat and uh, offer a defense 
against those things, especially for young people who are just learning the faith, let alone how to defend it. So um, I don't envy I don't envy our young people today. That's why I think the church um, really should be on the lookout in in guarding um, the youth, not by sheltering them from the world, but by by really focusing on teaching them sound doctrine. Number one, seeing to it that the gospels proclaimed to them clearly and properly so that they can, um, so that the eyes of their heart will be open and, uh, and, and they, the spirit will works on their heart. Um, but our converted youth, uh, the church, uh, really should focus on making sure that we're giving them as much teaching, as much preparation as possible to meet the world and give a defense for the hope that's in them. Absolutely. Yes. And I, I, I fully agree. And I feel like we are, we are not training our kids. Family worship has completely died um, within, I mean, it is very rare you hear about families worshiping within the home. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you, we have lost the, the leader of the house in America um, due to divorce, um, high divorce rates. Uh, the father figure within the household is very. Uh, Even if he's present, he's still yeah, absent. Yeah, it's it's in a still lot of, in a lot of yeah, it, it's still absent because a lot of men have become so, I want to say, uh, passive. You know, where the the female is the more dominating of the the relationship, and men men, mm-hmm. this isn't this isn't telling you to be dominating in the relationship, but you are to be the man of the house. You are to be the leader of your children and your wife. And to be honest, it's I don't... It's to be the, the pastor of your family. Yeah, you are to be the, the pastor, judge, and priest, you know. So you're to be the man of the house. You're to be the Adam in Eden. Right. Your house is Eden, and you are to be on protection, um, to guard your family from the outside snakes that are to um, come into Eden, right? So this this I see a lot of passive men and a lot of cowardly men, and uh, they're not standing up for the gospel. They're not. Um, and on the other hand, there are I am I'm constantly impressed in some of the interactions I have online. There are a lot of godly men out there who have already um, have already taken on that role in their homes and are leading their families. Absolutely. And, uh, I want to commend all of them for that. Um, my dad d- does that. He did that when I was growing up. He's, he continues to do it, even though my brother and I are out of the house. Um, it, the godly, godly men, godly fathers um, never stop like that role never stops no matter how old your children get exactly and they benefit from godly leadership from a loving father their entire lives even after that father is passed on to glory which is really tremendous and so um yeah we'll, we'll have some hard things to say some challenges for uh, for our for listeners fathers especially yeah fathers and mothers but i want to make sure that i want to take the time and make sure i commend all the godly fathers and mothers out there that are training their children right at home before you send them to youth group. I think yeah. that's that's one of the things I'm most passionate about on this subject is the home. Your, yeah, home worship is vital so to important. the 
to the children and to the the spouse, to their relationship and their marriage. I mean, I cannot emphasize family worship any harder than I am going to emphasize it in this podcast and in this series um, as as much as possible. I mean, it is it's huge. It's so vital. And the the role of the father is the most important position within the home. Mm-hmm. And 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 fathers, I cannot express the urgency that you need to take within your family and your home. Um, the urgency to to set down and and be the message to your children and to your wife. You are to communicate the scriptures to them no matter how I want I want to I'm trying to find the word here. Um, no matter if you don't understand the text enough, you are still to read the text. You are mm-hmm. still to dive in and go through the Bible together, worship together, pray together, live in Scripture together. I cannot emphasize the importance of this because when they see a fatherly figure in the home walking the walk, talking the talk, and actually doing the actions in front of them, children are more visual to... in where they are to they imitate. To yes, they see. They will be more prone to imitate. imitate the father over the mother. Right. I, I can't express this. And I'm telling it you, is not, odd, but numbers, it is true. numbers do not lie. Um, it's just, it's just how it is. Um, and, and I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be nice to you for a second. I know it doesn't, hey. it doesn't happen very often on this podcast, but. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so, so just prepare yourself. You know, you're you are not just blowing smoke about this because it's something to say. You have actually modeled that in in your own home. Um, you your family has made family worship a priority. Um, you've I know we because we've talked about it together. You've thought through carefully how you want to approach it with your daughters, and you've done a really good job uh, getting together with them, being at home consistently, being at home. Uh, spending time with them, modeling not only just being a godly man or a godly father to them, but just being what a Christian acts like at home, not just in public. And that is a huge investment that they're going to thank you for the older and older they get. So you're not just saying these things because it's something nice to say or what you're supposed to say, but you're at, you've actually put this into practice in your own home. And it's, as far as I know, it's working, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I, dude, I, I it, it's hard work. I'm telling you, I cannot stress how hard it is, and uh, it's it's exhausting. It is it is physically, mentally exhausting. I will I will I will be blunt with everyone. Um, and at first, um, it's very awkward uh, to do family worship with your family, and. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be blunt with everybody. I'm gonna be as honest as I can and um, as transparent as I can. Um, it's it is 
physically, mentally, and emotionally awkward when you when you grew up in a home that is an unchristian home who did not do family worship, um, who uh, would not read their Bible within the home of their children, um, but we would go to church and do the check mark, you know, um, you know. So, yeah. so I mean, to incorporate family worship when one has never actually been involved in an actual home that incorporates family worship. Um, the only place I knew to go was <laughs> the old dead guys, you know? And uh, <laughs> so that's... They usually that's, have you know, really good ideas. They had, they had really good ideas. And I mean, some of them were okay, and some of them really were like, oh, wow, that actually really does work, and it's actually really, really good. And a lot of them are really honest with you as well. Like, they're like, hey... This is this is awkward. Just gonna tell you, like, if you are um, not used to doing this, and it is not ingrained in you from an early age, you know, which which I wouldn't say it has to be ingrained in you from an early age, but I definitely we would have probably attacked this a lot better at first if I would have like went through it at an early age. Uh, but to be honest, like the first total year was a total train wreck. And, uh, <laughs> you can, you can, you can ask my wife. I mean, it was a total train wreck. I mean, it was, it was here, there a little, you know, Well, and, and there's no one way to do it either because it just, yeah. it really depends on your family. The message exactly. is the same, but sometimes you need to approach it a certain way based on how your kids learn, what their attention span is, what they're going to tune out of, um, yeah. how long it takes. I mean, so I'm sure some families, especially the older the older the kids get, the longer the actual time period of family worship uh, can go as intention Absolutely. spans grow, as more as the kids learn more and more and their, their minds mature, you can approach more in different topics in a different way. So it, it's, it's an evolving process, and as long as it's working, as long as it's effective for for your kids and it's based in the gospel and uh, doing things uh, that the gospel commands us to do Absolutely. then you're in the you, you got the green light yeah so good and job i can't emphasize enough um to married couples it is it is imperative that you and your spouse are able to worship pray and read scripture together alone. That is that is where this all will begin. If if you can set a biblical foundation within your marriage, and I can't express this enough, it is it is so important for you to pray for your spouse, to pray with your spouse. It is so important for you to read the word with your spouse, to be um to grow spiritually with your spouse in doctrine, theology, in in whatever you want, whatever you you fits fancy. If you like apologetics, dive into apologetics with your spouse. It is so important that they are on the same page along with you, and that they grow alongside you, because a lot of times, either the man will grow 
tremendously, and the the wife will feel left behind, you know, or she she will feel that she has less knowledge in what you are you're trying to teach, and she is going to lose interest, right? Because right. unless unless you are taking the time with your spouse, this is going to go nowhere. Honestly, um, family worship will hit a dead end if you and your spouse are not on an even keel. And I cannot express this enough that it is it is vital to a family worship service um, within the home that you and your spouse are on the same page and that you guys are able to incorporate teaching amongst each other within the home with the children. And you both understand your roles as husband and wife, leader and follower. You know, that way you know, you understand your role within the the home and your kids will start to understand the role within the home as well. And this is this is very important. And I I'm I'm going to be blunt with everybody. I'm going to be cut and dry. Um and I'm telling you family worship is super difficult, super difficult. You have to make the time for it. You have to make the time. You have to make the effort and it, and your family will definitely benefit from the work and time you put in. I'm, I'm telling you, you will see results. You will see your children grow, your wife grow. You will see it within the church when you guys are at church, within worship. And it is, it is a heartwarming thing. It is amazing um, as a father to see your kids like just in golfed in worship at church you know you're you're singing they're singing they're they're hand, and i mean they're they're four and set uh four and seven so imagine looking at your four-year-old and looking down and and she is you know she doesn't understand but and yet it looks as if she does you know and it's mm-hmm. it's like she understands it's simple enough for a for a child to understand the love and the the power, the grace and the mercy of of God within the scriptures, when they are within the the church walls with with the church body, they are able to understand that my God loves me, you know, because my Father shows me this love when we're at home and my father teaches me these teachings while we're at home and I see him walk as Christ walks when we're at home. And that is, that is so important. I can't, I can't stress it. And, and, and everybody, I I pray that we are taking a deeper look inside youth ministry within the church. Um, because the the numbers they just don't lie. Eighty seven percent of youth will leave and will not return until the age of thirty plus when they have a family. Now this isn't something that you can go well. Okay, so they're coming back with family. Well, 
yes, but there are they are leaving and they're going away for a time and they're becoming a part of the world only to come back, right? Mm-hmm. And and who knows if they're actually coming back for the right reasons or the wrong reasons. Um, so we need to be aware of why why are our youth leaving? And here's where I always stress the youth need to know why they believe what they believe and why is it why is it true? And how can I defend my faith when I go out into the world? Um, because you're going to be around the world no matter what. Um, yeah, no escape there. Yeah, and Vadi, Vadi Bakum would say this. He, uh, he says this. Um, let's put it in perspective. So 20 kids in your Sunday school are there right now. 15 will never step foot in a church after high school. Ooh. 15. And you know what Vadi wow. says? He says, if you can't say amen, you better say ouch. You know? <laughs> so, uh, I love that line. So, so I mean, that's, that's five kids. You, re- you reached over your course of 18 years with those kids. You only, you only managed to reach five. why that that's where we need to be asking why was it asking yes and that's what we're going to be asking what is the importance of youth within the church um what is the church doing wrong uh we're going to be diving into little things as far as denomination the the pride of the church um importance of a father figure what happened to family worship? That's what we're going to be diving into in the next coming episodes, um, along with Old Testament meaning for raising up young leaders and followers, the New Testament meaning for raising up young leaders and followers, the Great Commission and our youth. And are we as a church reaching out into the world? How are we approaching the unbelievers, the nons, which is the non-religious, the millennials, Generation Z, and st- we're going to bring stats and facts with that as well. Um, also, we're going to dive into why is it important to teach the youth theological views and difference in worldviews and how to combat them. Um, and then we're also going to put elders and deacons and pastors. We're going to put you on the chopping block. Um, we're going to put you up there, and we're going to go with us. Uh, we're going to hold you accountable that's what we do and we're going to hold each other accountable so that's that's where we're going to go at and we're going to put why the church puts so much pressure on the pastor and its elders in order to do all the evangelism um and i think it's very important that we uh we understand that fact as well um so lee what do you got for us as we uh come to a close well i would encourage anybody to uh Use your free will to choose a podcatcher and subscribe to Guys with Bibles there. Um, you can also uh, see our content on our website, guyswithbibles.com. Uh, that's where you can read the blog archive. You can sign up for our newsletter, uh, and that's also where we have links to our social media. So we have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Gab at Guys with Bibles. You can also email us directly at guyswbibles at gmail.com. We also have open direct messages on Twitter 
and you can see us on Facebook too. So we're we're around if you want to contact us privately or publicly. If you have any questions or comments or suggestions, we always have an open ear to all of that. Um, and you should also check in our show notes the link to the Bar Network. Uh, there's a whole list, an ever-growing list, of amazing podcasts on the network that we are so uh, excited and happy to be part of. Uh, you should go subscribe to all of those. You truly uh, will benefit. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. That's what I got. Yeah. And uh, hey, guys, if you want to know some of the books that we uh, we read um, on these topics, um, just email us or uh, check them out. We can start throwing them in the show notes. Um, yeah, send me the send me the titles, and I'll, I'll put some links in the show notes. Right on, right on. Over time. Um, definitely. All right. And... Cool. So, check us out. Stay with us. Stay tuned. We look forward to you listening to us next time. And we are Guides with Bibles, and we're out. Hey, we'll see you guys later. Peace. No, you want this podcast. Uh, every time. <laughs>